Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. Welcome Welcome to to the the new EDU. another episode of the new edu it is another monday which means that you made it another week something to celebrate for sure we are so excited for today's episode pumped so excited like i can't believe he is here we have an incredible human and a leader on the show today and we're so excited to chat with him about how to lead with love how do we love during difficult times how do we love sometimes difficult people in our world or in our schools or in our community and what does that look like we get a question the question a lot about how do you deal with difficult administration or administration that you're not seeing eye to eye with or how do you deal with it when you know you're working on a team or a project together and you're not quite having effective communication or not seeing eye to eye on those types of things or even with parents as we're working with parents sometimes you know our our communication isn't quite there and so we're in the community in the there's so many so many things so many things or when you're working with your husband every day you know he's going to be able to give us all the answers that's great He is going to solve all the world's problems today on this podcast episode. Right. So, Wade, do you want to introduce yeah. Brad? Yeah. Th- uh, oh, my gosh. So, as most of you guys know, Hope and I are from Anderson, South Carolina, and our home church, New Spring Church, we, oh, my goodness, before we moved to Atlanta, we attended there quite regularly through college, after college, when we first got married, and then we had to uproot and move to Atlanta, Georgia. Well, during the pandemic, you don't really go to church in person anymore. And so we're like, you know what? We're going to virtual tap into church every single Sunday. And what's really cool, and we've learned a lot of things during this pandemic, and I think like virtual trainings, virtual whatever it may be, is something that we can probably take with us in the future. Even though it's been a hard season, we've learned a lot of really cool things from that. So we randomly tapped back into our home church in Anderson, South Carolina, and it's almost been a year now. Y'all, we've been in this pandemic crazy. for a year. It's crazy. Yeah, so we tapped into New Spring Church, and it's like we never left. And <laughs> this human, this individual, Pastor Brad Cooper, is a phenomenal leader, a phenomenal husband, a phenomenal dad, a phenomenal pastor, just an all-around great basketball player. <laughs> But it, he is here with us today just to provide insight, and we we honestly learn so much from you, Brad, and learn so much from New Spring every single week. So thank you, Brad Cooper, for being here today. Yes. So pumped. You guys are incredible. You guys have set a really high bar with that uh, explanation <laughs> of who I am. Uh, more than anything, I'm just an average guy trying to live an above average life because we have a, a, a really good king in our Jesus. So thank y'all for what you do. Uh, my family leans into you guys often. I know our kids ministry leans into you guys often because you guys are world class. And so Wade, Hope, thank y'all. We're, we're honored to be here. And so I hope I can help somebody out there uh, if I can be a resource. And I know we're talking about a subject today that I think is really pertinent to all of us throughout all, all of time. So I'm excited to be a part. Yeah, and so Wade actually attended a men's weekend at New Spring yes. a couple of weeks ago, Ooh. and he comes home and he's like, 
Hope you just you just don't even understand because he's had some chats with Brad before through text message and different uh-huh. things. But um, this was the first time that you had really met him in person. Yeah, it and really was. He comes home crazy. and he's like, "No, you you just don't you just don't understand. Like you, you just don't understand how nice, how kind, like how he's like he is literally probably the nicest human I ever met. Brad, he literally talked about you I, for days about just how kind you were, how nice you were, and just I mean your amazing <laughs> leadership. And I was like. Well, we need to we need to tap into this. We've got to learn how right. to be this kind of human in our world too. Um, but but seriously, just thank you for what you do because that you know just spoke so much to Wade and was just so encouraging for us as well right. as what we do here on this platform too. So so I just had to let you know how much he talked about you though and how you really do have weekend. big shoes we to fill. We had a blast. It was a it was a mutual bromance in our in our hang time for sure. It really was. I mean, just going back to the point with what we we're talking about. I mean, you could just tell. Uh, not only from you because you're you're the lead pastor, obviously, and you have a great uh, leadership team and teaching team, but everybody that you were surrounded with just exuded that joy and exuded that love. And we all know that humans are humans, and you're not always happy all the time. You're not always lo- you don't feel like loving all the time. But that's the one main notion that that I took away from that weekend, outside of what we did in fellowship and all of that, was just love like how do you love when it is difficult and and how do you love during difficult circumstances yeah well you know one of the adages principles that we kind of talk about a lot is that people don't necessarily remember what you talked about or remember what you told them but they will always remember how they felt when they leave your presence and thinking about that individually and collectively is such a big deal and uh you know thinking about that in terms of school and teachers, I I can tell you so often, I can remember how my teachers made me feel. I can remember my second grade teacher, Evelyn Bird. She saw me and she taught me a lot of things, but I can just remember the way she made me feel. And and that that feeling is something that is so lasting. It's transcended in many ways. And, uh, And that's something we have on offer every single day in our classrooms, in our church, and in our spaces of circles and hospitality. So uh, that's a big, big deal that people would leave us feeling a certain way. And uh, and I think we can control the controllables in those terms. And so that's something we want to focus on. There's lots we can't control. I have no idea what's going to happen in the home life. I've got no idea what's going to happen in the political world, but I can control this. And so I'm going to take extreme ownership over that and in many ways, uh, that's at least what we're trying to do in our gatherings, in our men's conference, and uh, when people leave our interpersonal spaces. So control the controllable. Yeah. And, you know, we have talked so much about that during the season, specifically with educators, because like you said, I mean, I don't care what profession you're in. I don't care what you're what you're practicing during this time. It is literally there are so many things that truly are out of your control. And that's very difficult for people like me who always like to have control. And I feel like (laughs) teachers love to have control of things. Right. Like we love to be able to predict how things are going to go in our classroom. But I think during this season, man, so many powerful lessons that has been one of them is, you know, we have these standards, of course, that we have to teach, and that's our job, and we want to educate children, but recognizing that really our purpose lies so far beyond those standards, you know, a feeling Students are never going to receive an, a feeling associated with standards. That That's what we get mm. to control as the educator. Mm-hmm. We get to choose that's how right. we deliver that content, how we make them feel when we are educating them. And that's what kids are going to attach to learning. Exactly what you just said. I love that you pointed out your second grade teacher. Kids are going to remember that. And they're going to associate what they learned 
with that feeling. And that's going to help the retention of these skills last even longer than just trying to force standards upon them. Yeah. I mean, just showing up. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's more than enough. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was a youth pastor for a decade. I think the first time actually I, I met you guys, I was in that role at New Spring. And one of the things I used to tell volunteers when they're coming in, lots of times insecure perhaps because they feel like they're a little too old or maybe they're boring or the kids aren't going to think I'm cool. And I used to just say, listen, you just mentioned the word show up. A kid will respond to consistency. There's so much that is inconsistent in the world that if you will just be consistent, you will absolutely endear a child, a student, a young person to you because you're you're showing up and trust is developed day after day. And uh, it might not feel that way at first, but you lay that down a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years in a row, and you are rare. One of the statements that we love to lean into and that I, I literally leave my kids at the car rider line as they go into their elementary school. I say every single day, I try to say, hey, you've got to be different if you're going to make a difference. Wow. And showing up is being different. Being consistent in our world of inconsistency is being different. And when you're different, you make a difference. That in itself is it's so simple, right? But I think it's hard to remind ourselves of if if, if you're gonna be if you're gonna make a difference, you got to be different. And the easiest way to be different is just to be consistent because our world we we can't control. It's it's uncontrollable. We don't really know what's going on. But the other component to that is how are we consistently leading with love? How are we consistently being able to respond in a loving manner? And and what does that look like? when it is hard, when all these inconsistencies are attacking our life. And, and if we want to have that difficult conversation with a colleague or, or whoever it may be, how do we even remind ourselves, Brad, on leading with love and focusing on that? Yeah, well, I think uh, first off, just to start, I think we've got to recognize my perspective, my vantage pastor perspective, is that we've got to re-grasp the definition mm. of love. I think love in America, in Western society, in English, has really been uh, stretched and diffused. And we say, I love my wife, I love my kids, I love my job, I love pizza. And we can say love, I love a sports team, or I love the weekend. And, and it really can empty the word of its value. So I think one of the things for me when I'm talking about love is we got we to gotta get a real good, strong definition of what love is. And love, in my view, is not responsive. Well, think about this for a moment. Many times, uh, the world's definition of love is in response to loveliness. Um, she's lovely, so I'm going to tell oh, her wow. I love her. Or you treated me well, so I'm going to say, oh, I love you too. But that's not, that's not a biblical definition of love. And so a biblical definition of love is I'm going to choose to love you mm. regardless of the way you treat me. Uh, I'm going to choose to love you regardless of if you're lovely or not. And I have found that to be really helpful, specifically in the conversation we're having right here, when it's very difficult to be loving towards people or towards situations or towards some kind of animosity that I'm feeling. If you, if you take a worldly definition of love into that conversation, you're going to end up empty because worldly definition of love is to respond to something that is lovely. A biblical definition of love is to love mm. anyway, love when something is not lovely. And uh, that definition of love was given to me 
by, by knowing who Jesus is. He says, we love because he first loved us. And so when I take that definition into my work context, into my marriage, uh, into my kid relationship, into my world, I, I don't fall out of love because falling out of love would be a responsive love. No, no, no. I choose to love. I pre-decide. So when it comes to being a loving person in difficult times, I think having a good definition, a biblical definition of love is the key, at least in my world, to helping me happen to the world instead of let the world happen to me. Yes. It Does that make sense? Amazing sense. And it's so funny yes. because <laughs> I was actually, um, somebody, I was like doing a Q&A on my social media the other day and somebody said, what is the number one thing that you hope for Maverick? That you, you know, hope that he turns out like or a characteristic or a quality? And I responded and I said, I hope above everything else that he loves like Jesus, because I truly feel like if he has that kind of love in his heart, then you don't have to address kindness and you don't have to address how they respond in certain situations. And you don't have to address whether he's going to be a leader or a follower. I feel like that just truly encompasses all of the things that I truly hope that he becomes. And so, you know, when people are asking us about how have you dealt with difficult colleagues and listen, we've dealt with them. I mean, you've mm -hmm. dealt with them every right. you. Anybody who says you haven't dealt with difficult humans in your life, just because, again, different perspectives, different backgrounds, different beliefs. When people have asked, how do you deal with difficult colleagues or difficult administration? I feel like so much of it falls back on that. It is a choice to love them, to respect them, regardless of whether or not we see eye to eye. And I feel like if we can understand that as educators in this community, the difference that we can make, the difference that we can mm -hmm. you know, have within our, not only our school and not only our classrooms, not only our teams, but then that really kind of seeps out into the community as well. Yeah. Well, you just said it, but think about the people that have been influential in your life. And they were people that persevered regardless of the situation. Right. I mean, everybody's smiling when it's yeah. sunny outside and you're on the you're on the Friday, <laughs> yeah. last day of school before the weekend. Everybody's excited about that. It's the people that stand out when all of the circumstantial things around them say they shouldn't be happy. They shouldn't be kind. They shouldn't be loving. And they are anyway. And, uh, and, and, and that's, that's what we aim to be. So that's a pre-decision. I think, honestly, uh, understanding that there's been linguistic hijacking of words and love is one of those words in society that can get linguistically hijacked. Hollywood can take it. Uh, society can take it. But if we get back to a pure definition, at least the thing that's helped me is getting a biblical definition, a Jesus definition of love. I'm going to happen to the world. I'm not going to wait mm, for the world wow. to happen to me and then try to do my best to respond. A real simple way we do this, we talk about this in our in our staff. We've got almost 300 staff members here at the church that I get a chance to pastor, is we talk about being a thermostat rather than a mm -hmm. thermometer. And a thermometer, you walk in and you take a thermometer, right? Uh, some of us might have done this in a COVID season. <laughs> you put a thermometer in your mouth or you do a little thermometer in here, and it reflects the temperature. Uh, that's not what real love does. Love doesn't reflect the temperature that I get. Instead, a thermostat, I've got one in my office wall, it sets mm. the temperature. And so real love walks into a classroom, walks into a, a conversation with a colleague, walks into a disagreement even. It doesn't avoid it. Um, it's so tenacious and kind that it steps in and it sets a different temperature. And I think that's important to remind ourselves that we're called uh, teachers, influencers, leaders, pastor, we're called to set a temperature, not to reflect the temperature. And uh, on social media, in disagreements, in, in civil discourse, there's a lot of reflection happening 
and deflection happening. And I want to step into a space and set a new temperature. I want to be different in that way. And that's going to help make a difference. Not being responsive. I mean, and it's, it's intentionally going into whatever circumstance, like you said, understanding that I can't control what's happening, but reminding myself that I am the thermostat on that wall. I'm not there to dictate anything. I'm coming in to this situation, making sure that I am firm and understanding the definition of what love is, and it is not responsive, and being able to talk with people, respond to people, but then also seeking to understand. I, I think I think a lot of times, I mean, 2020 was ridiculously crazy, I think, for everybody. We, we were listening to something you did in January just about how it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a human, you've been moved during the year of 2020 in some type of way, right? It does. Uh, you, you've been moved to uh, educate yourself. You've been moved to magnify situations in your life. And 2020 has definitely challenged us, Hope and I, along with our circle of quarantine pod people, to educate ourselves and to seek to understand where other people are coming from. And just because we are in this bubble. That doesn't mean we're, we're all in the same situation. We're in different ships in, this, in, in the same storm, but it looks totally different. And leading with love, having conversations with love, not being responsive with love also requires us to seek to understand even when it is difficult. Absolutely. Well, I mean, love, uh, you don't get love without relationship. So just think about that for a moment. The only way we can even talk about the word love is in the context of relationship. And so you're exactly right. All of us are limited. It takes humility to recognize that even if we're the most brilliant listener on your podcast, right, we all have so much we don't know. We all have only our limited worldview, only our limited upbringing, only our limited knowledge. And again, I look to Christ as my example, who think about this. One of the greatest attributes of Jesus was he was he was loved by people who were not mm -hmm. like him. <laughs> what an aim to, to be loved by people not like me. What if that was said of you or, or me or, or, or our, our colleagues, uh, our friends? What if we were trying to be loved by people not like us? He was known as a friend of sinners. I mean, and that was an a moniker that yeah. sinners gave him. He was my friend. <laughs> so, so anyway, that being my aim and definition for love, I want to enter into the conversation. I want to enter into the the you know worldview perspectives. I want to learn. I want to have the humility. And this is where I really think I, I'll, I'll just point people into a direction. This has been so helpful for me. There's only one really small passage of scripture in all of the Bible that shows us Jesus when he was kind of in this um, in between in the manger birth and like his ministry when he's like mm -hmm, 30 years mm -hmm, old, right. we only have one glimpse of him and it's when he's 12 years old. And where is he? Well, he's, he's found in the temple. I really want to emphasize the posture of Jesus in this moment because the Bible says something crazy. This is found in the book of Luke chapter two, verses 41 through 46. This was when Jesus' parents are taking him to Jerusalem, to the temple. They're all doing the the, the festival and it's, it's a family affair. And I don't know if you guys have ever had one of these moments where you travel your family and all the cousins are kind of intermixing and everybody's leaving to go back. Mom and dad get like a day up the road and they realize, wait a minute, <laughs> where's our son? I don't know where Jesus is. Okay. Is he with the cousins? Is he with, no, where is he? Oh my gosh. Where, we, he's bigger. So they go all the way back to Jerusalem. They find him and he's, here's a, here it is. His posture is he's sitting and he's listening and he's asking mm. questions 
in the temple. And so I think if I could commend a posture of love to any of our listeners, um, it would be this posture of sit and listen and ask good questions. You know, I heard it said, asking good questions is a superpower. And I think that is so true. Asking good questions is a superpower. And you know what's said of Jesus? It says in, in verse 52 of Luke, listen to this. It says, and Jesus increased. He grew. Yeah. Jesus grew. <laughs> okay. He increased in wisdom and stature in favor before God and man. And I think that's what I want to do. It, uh, that's what I want our staff to do. That's what, that's what I want your friends to do that are listening to the podcast is I want them all to grow in this season in wisdom, in their stature, how they're viewed and in favor uh, before God and man, their colleagues, their family, their friends, and they can do it. The superpower is the posture. Mm. The superpower mm. is having the humility to sit down with someone who maybe comes from a different worldview, comes from a different ethnicity, comes from a different political uh, persuasion and say, hey, let's get a cup of coffee. And can I just sit and listen? Can I ask some questions and and aim to just grow? It, it, listen, there's don't be insecure. It takes a real secure person to do this. You don't have to be persuaded to exactly the way they think. You don't have to be persuaded to vote for their candidate. You don't have, no, no, no. You're just showing the humility and again, my definition of love is embodied in Jesus Christ. And so as a Christ follower, I'm trying to do that. I, I want to grow because I don't know all the answers. You know, I'm one perspective of 7 billion on planet Earth <laughs> right now. And I want to grow in wisdom, stature, and favor. And so that's that's one of the best things I could commend to anybody out there is to get someone else, get get other mentors in your life, people that come from a different worldview, and just take this posture that we see Jesus take when he's 12 years old. He grew in wisdom, stature, and favor, and it was asking questions that was wow, his superpower. That is ex- yeah, that's amazing. And such a good takeaway and such a good yeah. lesson. You know, it's funny because Bob Goff actually spoke at our back-to-school conference that we had back in August, and yeah, that was one of right. the challenges that he gave to the educators. He said, find someone that you maybe disagree with. Find someone who you, is not in your immediate You're circle. Right. Yep. Take them to Starbucks and tell them, hey, I'm just going to sit here and listen. You can tell me your fears. You can tell me what your hopes, your dreams. I'm going to sit here and listen. And then he made a joke and he said, but you're going to pay for the cup of coffee. <laughs> I just, I thought that was such a great takeaway and so powerful for so many of us because, again, we want to have these conversations with people that it's easy, right? We want to... we. Yeah, of course, we'll sit and ask questions. We'll sit and listen when it's easy, when it's people in our immediate mm-hmm. circle, when it's our best friends, when it's our family members. We tend to only want to have those conversations when it's people who we know ahead of time we're going to agree with, right? And that's... That's right. And that's what face, that's what Facebook and Instagram are all funneling you to, yes. people that agree with you. So, so if you just live in your timeline, you're going to think the whole world thinks just like you and the whole world hates the same people you hate. And so all of a sudden you run into somebody that's a colleague at work that disagrees with you. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, <laughs> we all need to take a deep breath and we all need to recognize that we all have room to grow. And again, the only people that ask questions are humble people, Hope. That's the only people. Yeah. So it, I want to ask questions because I want to be humble and I want to learn. And I love Bob Goff, by the way. I, I, I'd forgotten that he was with you guys. I saw y'all celebrate that on social media. But wow, what a great insight is just to sit down with someone who disagrees yeah. with you. But that that takes love. 
And again, just to pick up on that, one of the things I think we all recognize is you will continue to walk on eggshells in your interpersonal relationships, in your families, in any kind of conflict if there's not love. One of the things that we talk about in my home and in the office is it's a phrase that's kind of weird, but you'll never forget it. It's called the kiln of love. Mm. And the only way that you can stand in the fires of conflict and disagreement and figure out how to learn from one another is if you've got this trusting, loving kiln that is around you. You say, you know what? I love you. I love you. And I'm going to pre-decide that I love you, even though I don't necessarily agree with where you're coming from on this point of view, but I want to learn. So there's trust here. There's love here. And you can only turn the fire up of conflict and disagreement and conversation to the temperature that the love can contain it. Does that make sense? Yes. And so if you got no love with a colleague or no love for your school or no love for the the parent, then you're not actually going to be able to enter into the disagreement or enter into the discussion. But if you've got this great trusting kiln of love, then you can enter into it and you can turn the heat up Mm -hmm. hot. And again, I'm a Furman Paladin. That's my college. I went to Furman. We were known as the Diamond F, right? Uh, One of the things we used to say about diamonds is, Diamonds are only made with heat and pressure over time. Right. And so we want to be something valuable to our schools. We want to be something valuable to our friends, our relationships, our communities. But that's only going to happen with heat and pressure over time. Otherwise, we're going to have something not valuable at all. And we're just going to keep yelling at each other. But if we'll enter into the conversations in a loving space, a safe space, we're going to find over heat and pressure and time, we have something of value to offer the world. That, yeah. And I just have to like bring it back to one more time because this was like, (laughs) I was like, yes, all the praise hands. Uh Let me, um, but seriously, I mean, social media, you know, in education, we talk to educators about this often, you know, in our specific realm has become so incredibly divisive. I mean, it really has. I mean, I always say that social media is one of the best things that ever happened to education because the resources are plentiful, Mm -hmm. but it's also one of the worst when you talk about, you know, exactly what you said, we choose how to curate our feed. And man, that is something to reflect on. Like, are you curating your feed with people who only agree with what you say and only see things from your perspective and only, you know, are going to, like all your posts and say, oh, yes, I totally agree. Right. Or are you curating your feed again, like you said, to give you opportunities to lead with love, to give you opportunities to have difficult conversations, you know, backed in love? Because again, love isn't just going to be something that is just like, oh, well, this is just how I'm, I'm made. This is just natural for me. This is just right. something that I do. It's going to have to take, it takes a lot of practice. It takes commitment. It takes practice. It takes consistency. And if you're not challenging yourself on the daily to truly lead with love, then you're not going to improve in that, right? Because your mindset, your habits are going to take over and you're going to think in different ways. But if you're constantly thinking and and seeing challenging situations and Mm -hmm. seeing folks who Mm -hmm. disagree with you and how would I handle this and how would I talk to this person, that's the only way we're going to train ourselves up to be someone who truly leads with love. Yeah. Completely agree. Uh, I'll tell you one of the best books I read. This is a this is a secular book. These are sociologists. Uh, they they wrote a book called The Coddling of the American Mind, and uh, it was brilliant. I read it over the uh, coronavirus. This is a non uh, spiritual book, okay? But these sociologists were looking at, to your point, some of the great untruths that the last two generations have been raised in. As sociologists, they've pointed these out, and one of them is this idea that there's only two opinions on any subject. 
and that those two opinions are completely diametrically opposed mm. and that there is no spectrum. And that's what our social media feeds tell us. Right. They tell us that in every single categorical subject, there is a good side and there is a bad side. And you want to be on the good side. You want to point and laugh at the bad side wow. and you want to con and condemn them. And if you think about social media, that's exactly what it's doing. Exactly. But what we're going to do is recognize that that's what the world's trying to tell us. There's way more opinions than just two diametrically opposed. Mm -hmm. There usually is a spectrum. There is a tug of war and we have things to learn. And so again, I commend that book, especially to educators. Uh, I think the context by both of these researchers was in a lot of colleges in the United States, in the West over the last 40 years. So that's the coddling of the American mind. It has helped me to think about how to communicate and how to think if I am doing this falsely in every scenario saying, here's the good side, here's the bad side. That's all the opinions on the matter. Um, Anyway, I think that's what social media yeah. does, though. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's so, but it's so easy to fall in that trap to say it this is. is good and this is bad because mm -hmm. that's simple for us to do. I mean, I, I as we're talking about just social media in general, I mean, I, I I just go back to my personal Facebook, and I mean, we Hope and I obviously live here in Atlanta, Georgia, totally different than Anderson, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. But if if I were to post something on my Facebook, a lot of people here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm not telling you what, who I vote for or any, anything like that, but a lot of people here in Atlanta, Georgia, think I am the most conservative Republican individual out there. People back home in Anderson think that I'm the most liberal Democratic person, and I will get you're right and you're wrong, you're good or you're bad, from different viewpoints. And I'm like, holy cow, what, what is even happening here? Like it's, it's one of those things to it, to where you, you have to understand what social media does, what these circles are trying to tell you to do, but then also remind yourself. And, and I love just, just how you spoke on being secure. You have to be secure enough in yourself that that's commendable to be able to be right or wrong and be able to have those difficult conversations or to ask those questions. It takes a very insecure person to go back to what you were saying, Hope, to have that feed where everyone's gonna agree with you or like your post. That takes a very insecure person to be able to do so. So I definitely wanna encourage people, reach out to, to people who can support you, reach out to people who are different, but know, hey, be secure in who you are and, and the questions that you're gonna ask, but posture yourself exactly like what you said, Brad, if Jesus can do it, why can't we do it? Why can't we he set ask an example. those questions? He yeah. set an example. You know, everything that I think we want individually and everything I think we want societally and in our schools and in our churches always is going to exist outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. That's just true. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's true. And so it's going to require us all to stretch. It's going to require us all to get uncomfortable. And, uh, and again, that's just something I, I think we've got to be willing to do. But um, when you recognize that your social media feed has just got two polarities and you're exactly right, you're a raging liberal in some circles and you're the most conservative <laughs> um, MAGA wearing guy in another. And hey, listen, I, I just say, let everybody be confused. Yes. Talk to me face to face. And I'm going to do my very best to lead by example. I'm going to do my very best to point people to Jesus. Again, uh, a line that I live by is I'm not trying to be right or left politically. I'm trying to live a vertical life uh, because I've got a vertical calling in that's terms right. of uh, what, I, what I believe. And so that's a fixed point of reference outside of me. And I'm trying to submit to it and not asking everything else in my world to submit to me. True that's truths. Right. True I, truths. 
Um, true, I, true, Francis Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> I have one final question for you, Brad, because we know you're so busy and we're just, again, so grateful that you took right. the time to share. You know, talking through this and when you're sitting here in the midst of this conversation right now in this moment, you know, and you're being fed this this information and it, you know, mm, is empowering to you yeah. and it makes you feel like, okay, I've got this. I, I've got, yes, this is what I'm going to strive to do. This is what I'm going to, you know, start really setting myself up to do and to practice and to, you know, then you get away from this conversation and you get back to reality where things are challenging more times than not a lot of times, especially in difficult, challenging seasons, which is right now. Um, you get back into the classroom, you get back into a school system where you disagree on how mm. your your students or another classroom student should be educated. You start let, yeah. allowing, you start really feeling those emotions on in a heavy way. And, you know, now with the conversation around cancel culture, right? Oh, it's just easier to cancel someone than to seek to understand someone yes. and to try to find a common ground. What do you do? What what advice do you have when, say, you have, you know, really practiced a lot of these things and you've tried to lead with love and you tried to love them through it and you've tried to find common grounds, but you're just still not getting anywhere in a relationship with someone that you do work closely with? How do we continue this? And how do we continue to practice and to lead with love even when it feels as though we're getting nowhere? Knowing that love is not a response right, still. Right, right. It's still hard. Well, I think you're asking the right question. Our aim here is not to just, you know, talk, talk, talk. Our aim is to actually get out and do it. And I think that's the question. How do we activate this, especially right. in difficult circumstances? I, I think, and you referenced one of them. So I think number one is you can't let your feelings leave. Mm. You just can't. The truth of the definition of love is you've got it. It's a truth. And I'm going to let it leave. And, and I'm going to trust one of the things that we talk about is, um, a, a truth train. Uh, think about a train that's gone off the rails. Mm -hmm. While feelings could be really good fuel, you cannot let feelings be the thing that fuels your your you know uh, locomotive. You got to let truth be the thing. And if you'll let truth lead, then feelings will fall back in line over time. So put truth in the truth train. I'm leading with love. You got to you got to learn self talk. Uh, you know, I, I call it preaching to yourself. You got to <laughs> preach to yourself a little bit on a Monday when it's raining. Or when you're getting back in the routine and you're reminded, oh my goodness, this is this isn't taking effect as soon. So number one is don't let your feelings lead. Let truth lead. Let truth lead, which is mm. going to put all of us on a search mm. for capital T truth. We can talk about that on another podcast. But <laughs> that's a big deal. All right, capital T truth. Get there. Um, number two is I think we've got to also recognize that pain isn't a bad thing. I know that sounds crazy in our world. But just like I was saying a moment ago, all the things that we desire, all the things that are worthwhile, all the heroes that we've got in our in our history books, in our own hearts, all of those people did things even when it hurt, mm. even when it was uphill, even when the wind was blowing in our face. Uh, and I want you to know that teachers, administrators, parents, uh, leaders, coaches, pastors out there, you can do it and it's going to be an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because it is true. No pain, no gain. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is true. Yeah. Uh, the world would try to tell you, and and parenting, modern day parenting would try to tell you to insulate your kids in bubble wrap. You remember the movie The Little Giants? Yes. The mom <laughs> brings the kid to football practice, and it's like in bubble wrap. That's how we have done so much of our world. <laughs> and listen, we we've got to reject that that whole idea of, of keep everybody safe. No, 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 no. All the great things are out there. The adventures we're called to lead, the pioneering that's still yet to be done, and it's going to take good, hard work, and you can do it. I'm going to do it. Let's do it. So let's know that it's going to be something that's outside of our comfort zone. And then the last thing is, is the, the point that we just made a moment ago. 
there are not just two diametrically opposed realities mm. in the world. There's nuance. Mm -hmm. Let's enter back into civil discourse. I still need to learn. You still need to learn. Don't reject outright. You know, we're all called to be open-minded, but not so open-minded when a true thing comes into my brain that I don't grab it and hold on to it. Mm. Uh, the point of being open-minded is to not be so open-minded that our brain falls out our ears. We need to recognize that there's things to learn. And those three things is what I would commend to all of the folks that are leaning in. It's going to be something that's tough. That's okay. Right. It's going to be one of these things that I, I, I need to recognize. There's not just two diametrically opposed realities. And I also need to understand I can't follow my feelings mm. because otherwise I will be the most flippant, flaky person in my school. The people that are going to make a difference are going to let truth lead the way. And love is one of the truest things in the universe. So let love lead the way. That is powerful advice. I don't even know. Usually, usually we turn it over. I need to, to take notes. <laughs> yeah, Go you back can, and take some you, notes. You can watch your own podcast episode. I mean, usually we turn it back over to you to, and we will. But I mean, that seriously, right. you know, I mean, just when people, if you're sitting out there and you're listening right now and you are in a difficult situation, you know, I encourage you. And I love that you said it's not easy because it's not. And I think that people want a simple, a simplified, easy answer. And that is just not the reality to anything that we do that is worthwhile in this world. Right. right. And so I think just recognizing and remembering, yes, it's going to take work. And yes, it's going to, you know, it's going to be uphill and sometimes you're going to get make, take two steps forward and 10 steps back. Right. But the objective is, OK, now here I am being in the present moment. Now, how do I take another step forward today? Right. And how do I take another step? And forward not letting today? those feelings and emotions yeah. drive that. I mean, it's it's OK. Yeah, it's hard. And, and we've talked about it plenty of times. I mean, there's a reason why we have feelings and we have emotions. That's totally fine. But that's not our foundation on how we respond to circumstances or people in general. Right. That's not it. You can note it, just like Hope said, you push it to the side and then you lead in tr truth and you lead in love because that's what we are called to do. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, Brad, thank you. I mean, Yes. I just have no words. I'm like, well, I'm with you, Wade. I'm like, I'm going to have to go back, take notes in this episode. Um, thank you for challenging us in such a such an incredible way, because I think, again, as educators in difficult seasons, it is very easy right. to lead with your emotions rather than focusing on that truth. So we do want to turn it over to you, though. We always allow anybody that's on the podcast, anything that you want to leave the audience with, any kind of challenge or just inspirational words or thoughts, we would love for you to do that. Well, first, I just want to say thank you to you guys. You guys have been difference makers in this season because you're doing it different. So I appreciate both of y'all so, 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 so much respect. And then I want to lean into the folks that are watching, listening, and just say thank you. You guys are making a difference. In so many of the young people's lives of the next generation, you are the consistent feature through these days. Your voice, your consistency, I can tell you in my own kids' lives, their teachers have made such an impact through the last 12 months. So please just know um, so much of what will be of value will be things that nobody else noticed, the little things that you did throughout this season. And what an incredible season we're in. All of us are going to be better in the future because of the Fire, we've all persevered in these days. And I cannot wait to see all the evolution in education, all of the evolution in relational dynamics, civility, conversation, and good discourse because of these days. So thank you for those of you that are out there leading the way and loving the next generation. It's a big deal from a dad 
from a pastor, from a parent, from someone who's trying to lead just like you are through difficult season, all the respect in the world. If I can ever do anything to serve any of your listeners, my answer is yes. <laughs> just reach out. Hope and Wake can tell you how to get in touch with me. I'm on social media too. Uh, but we're in this together and I'm pulling for all of you. And uh, and I just would love to say I'm praying for you and God bless you for what you're doing. You're making a difference. Brad, thank you. Yes, and he will say yes. That's <laughs> He told me the same thing and that's why he's here on the podcast. Um, so Brad, what what is your Instagram handle? I know New Spring is on Instagram at New Spring Church, right? Yeah, that's it. Mine, mine is just Brad Cooper. So at Brad Cooper. So I'm at Brad Cooper on Insta and at B Coop on Twitter. And uh, I'll definitely be interacting there as the podcast comes out for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Brad, for taking time. Thank you for sharing with us. To everyone who's listening, I hope that you leave here incredibly encouraged and recognizing that the three of us that are here chatting are on this very same journey with you. It's something that we are working through in situations and relationships in our lives every single day. And I feel extremely encouraged. um, I am too. I'm ready to go run through this wall with love. with love, <laughs> apply um, these strategies again, just in personal lives and uh, or relationships and professional relationships. We hope that you leave incredibly encouraged today. And just remember that the work that you are doing is incredibly important, changing lives every right. single day and know that you're valued and appreciated. So listen, guys, we hope that you have an amazing week and we will see you right back here on the new EDU next week with another brand new episode. Go out and continue to change the world. We'll see you next time, everybody. The new EDU is hosted by me, Wade King. And me, Hope King. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfush. And edited by Andrew Weller. With production support from Sterling Coates and Chase Mayo. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. The new EDU podcast is a 3% chance production.